Welcome back to Michigan Talent Talk, a podcast by GST Michigan Works. Join us as our guests discuss valuable strategies to develop employable skills. Whether you're just getting started, taking the next step, or making the switch to a new career, learn from experts how to get the most from your job search. Now, here's your host, Deona McLaughlin. Welcome, 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 and thank you for tuning in to the Michigan Talent Talk podcast. I'm your host, Deona McLaughlin. Today, we are going to focus on ways to update your resume, tips for interviewing. We will discuss programs and resources that we have available for you to take advantage of, and we're going to do our best to give you advice on getting back into the job market and ultimately getting the job you want. I have here with me today, Sharice Reeves, Workshop Facilitator for PATH and GST Michigan Works. Sharice, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited about being here and talking about uh, the great things we have to offer at Michigan Works. Two things. So I want to uh, explain to the audience what can you bring to the table in terms of how can you help as far as uh, being the workshop facilitator and uh, what is workplace excellence? Workplace Excellence is this awesome series where we get an opportunity to be in a group and talk about our soft skills, what we have to offer uh, the employer, and really just get comfortable uh, with approaching uh, possible employment opportunity and discussing with them the things about us that are great. And when I talk about soft skills, um, also known as uh, relationship skills, um, our connection skills, these are the skills that we can use, you know, we have our, our hard skills. Uh, for instance, if you are a forklift driver, that's probably what you would be looking for another job as if something, you know, happened and you lost your job. And that's great if there's a forklift job available. But what if there's not? How how do I feel great about myself? What do I introduce about me um, that was already great at my last uh, or previous employer? And this is where those soft skills come into play. Am I dependable? Uh, am I self-motivated? Uh, do I have a positive attitude? Can I communicate well? That's just what we do. We talk about those things. Um, what do we know for sure about us? What can we bring to the table? And then being confident enough when we're put in a position, if somebody asks us a question, like, why should I hire you? To really feel comfortable answering that, you know, in the moment. And you said for a whole week. So is that Monday through Friday, Monday through Thursday? And what times are the classes? And can you name a few of the classes? So we're looking at a Monday through Thursday week. Uh, right now, workshops are set up from 10 to 11 and 11 to 12. But depending on your schedule, don't let that discourage you. I mean, we have people who are home. We have children a lot who are home taking virtual workshops. Some people are working. So if you want to reach out and it's something you're interested in, by all means, I know we'll discuss how to get in contact. Reach out to me. We can. I'm sure we can work out something to work around whatever that schedule is you have. Um, we're covering things like dependability, um, how well we communicate, how well we present, whether it's fair or not. It's a big part of how people accept us and if they accept us. Do we adapt well? to change what's going on with our reasoning our respectability and that's across the line you know working with people from different backgrounds and and different age ranges are we okay with understanding our differences and approaching work our workability which is how we get in there and actually keep the job and then also transition ability when we get the job how well can we transition into that new phase if we haven't been working or if we're deciding to change um change jobs like how can we transition well and that has a lot to do with our planning piece and someone might say, okay, that sounds amazing. But in today's time, are the soft skills 
that you're teaching, are they up to date? How, how do you know or where are you getting the information from? Do you have a relationship with employers? How do we know for sure that what we're learning is up to date and what employers are looking for? Luckily, Michigan Works has always done a great job at being in contact, you know, with the employers in our area. Um, you know, we have career coaches and all the different programs that are in constant contact and communication uh, with, with what's going around in our community and doing the work to understand what they're looking for. And that's a big piece of these workshops is we talk about what the employer wants, because we don't just want to sit around and talk about what's great about us and never make the connection to what are these employers around us saying that they really need. And we take a look at things from the employer's perspective. That's really the essence of this workshop is, okay, we know what dependability means to us. Now let's translate how important it is to us to how important it is to that employer when we walk in there and ask for that opportunity um, to have that job. How can we maintain that over time? And, and that's what we're discussing. So definitely making sure that we're, we're looking into what the employer is looking for. So could a job seeker someone who is looking to get back into the uh, workforce, they may say, okay, you know, I'm very dependable. I don't need that class, but you know, I really, really, really would love to uh, work on my uh, time management and I need uh, help with my resume. Do you have like classes that they can pick and choose from or do you recommend that they just go to each class? And get the That's full what picture. I love about this. I'm sorry for cutting you off. That's what I love about this schedule, though, is that you do not have to complete every one of these um, in order to say that you uh, were a part of the program. You can decide. You can look at that schedule. You can decide when you know what classes are what days. Because like you said, some people are, you know, really great in one area. But then there's this other area that I know, if I'm honest with myself, I really need some work on. And you can pick it apart. I would suggest, though, if you've been out of work for a minute and and the pandemic has brought a situation where some people who may have been working for years found themselves, you know, out of work for the last seven, eight, nine, ten months. It's a great refresher. Um, I never turn down things, even if I feel like I know something about it. Get in that space. Be around other people. Have open discussion. Let's talk about mistakes we made. Let's talk about successes that we've had. And just together come up with a game plan for how we plan to get back out there and approach the situation. So I would suggest all eight, but, you know, you can pick and choose what works for you. Oftentimes I hear uh, people who are 50 plus, they say, "Okay, what about me? Do you have openings for me? Will you be able to help me? What are the ages that 18 plus or uh, how does that work? Um, I would say 18 plus, but honestly, we've done uh, some work with Job Corps. So we've had some people in there that were a little bit younger. And then we've also worked with AARP where we had, you know, people sit in and I've gotten reactions from all groups across the board the same. I didn't think of things that way. You know, I'm glad I took this class and was able to have a different approach. I've had situations where people had an interview in the middle of a week and came back and said, I'm not going to be able to come to Thursday's class because I utilized some of those things we talked about. And I was actually able to make a connection and land a job. So any age, uh, there's no cutoff. I think it can be beneficial for everyone, but especially that person who maybe has not uh, been in a working situation in a minute and or has been working. And, you know, sometimes work just wears us out. You get tired and you need to get that boost, figure out how to re-motivate. And this is a great place to kind of stand back, look at it from an employer's perspective. Remember why we do what we do. Uh, figure out what your personal motivation is and then get back in there and really kind of hit the ground running. 
Now, I know uh, industries across the board, people have been laid off and they have been out of work for about a year now. And they probably have 30 years of experience doing X, Y, or Z. Their resume technically could be like four pages long. (laughs) Really, it could be. But what do you say to those individuals who have extensive experience, you know, a beautiful history, long resume? What are some tips to help them condense that resume down to one or two pages and still present themselves in a way and still market themselves in a way that they are attracting uh, employers? One, I would say, let's really take advantage of that cover letter. I, I think, you know, a lot of times when we had that resume conversation, we're not always having the cover letter conversation. And to me, the cover letter is kind of where I'm able to brag and talk about all these things that I've done. And the resume, to me, just backs that up. It says, this is where I was. It gets more specific, but it's a short of, this is what I did when I was here. This is the time that I spent there. And then that cover letter gives you the opportunity to brag about things. And then also the resume is not supposed to replace the actual interview. So we got our cover letter saying why we're great, our resume backing it up with our facts, and then leaving some of that conversation for when we sit down and we had an opportunity to, to sit with somebody. Because, you know, as you know, employers are just not taking a long time to look at what, what we had them. We put a lot of time into it. We hope they'll sit there and read every line, but we know the reality is, you know, from what we've read and, and the fact is just they're going to look at it really quickly, scan over it, look for some keywords, and then they'll keep it moving if they don't see anything that catches their eyes. So we got to make sure to get those keywords in there. And that uh, we have to change some things sometimes. You know, if you just know the industry that you want to be in, you probably won't have to make changes. That is going to be what it is. But I've had customers over the years who may be looking for, you know, jobs in two or three different fields at one time. You either can have three different resumes, which is, you know, fine, or you can jump in there right before you send that resume, adjust a couple keywords based on that posting you see, and then send it so that you are a better match when they look at that, that, that uh, representation of you. I, I agree with that, um, you know, because it, it tells the employer that you took the time and that you're really interested. So explain to the listeners, how should they shape their resume? What's the best way to present the resume now? I'll give a general description, but I want to preface that by saying there really is not a one size fits all situation. Yeah. And that's the frustration sometimes is because, you know, the person who's just worked one job and the person who, like you said, has had this long history of work, they're not going to be looking at setting this up the exact same way. And what your history is may depend on what you choose to make your focal point. You know, if you don't have a lot of education and you're going to want to focus more on the things that I've been able to do in my previous employment, Uh, Because that's not something that I want the employer to focus on. I want you to focus on the skills that I have. If you did the work and got the education, of course, you want to flag that. You know, this is what I want to see first. And so I think actually reaching out, Google is is like my best friend at this point. So I want to shout out Google. I want to even shout out like Word. You can go into Word right now. You can type in resume. You can get all kind of resume formats that'll pop up. So if you're kind of a do-it-yourself person and you feel like doing the research to figure things out, you can easily pull something together. But also, if you're just confused or at a stop point, reaching out to a program like Michigan Works and talking to somebody who's actually working in a program, creating resumes, even if it's just to get um, a suggestion on, listen, I don't know what kind of resume I should make. I don't know if this should be more than a page and allowing them to kind of look at that 
gives you that reassurance when you have that final piece that this is how it should look. But by I mean, it's information everywhere when it comes to resumes. I would say ultimately not a one size fits all thing, but definitely go with a summary. Um, you you want to make sure that your name, phone number, email address is on top. There was some variation between whether or not you should provide address. I don't. I feel like if, you know, employers need more information, once you start to create that relationship, then you can get into what else they need. Um, make sure that, that that summary fits what it is that you're looking for. And that's where you could change. Like I said, if you have three different resumes, you may have three different summaries if you're looking for work in different areas. Then when you get into how you break that down, that's where I would say it varies um, depending on how long you've been working, what you may want to leave off. I know it's hard sometimes when you did work, you wanted, you want to show it on, on that resume. But there are some situations where if we didn't work there a long period of time, we may want to leave that off. Or if it's so far back in the past and it doesn't really tie to what it is we're trying to do, we may have to at that point just let that go so that we can shine a light on the things that are really going to happen. And some of the skills are repeat skills. Wouldn't you say uh, if you're in a certain field and you've worked here and there and everywhere and you probably and you're and you're pretty much in the same role, the, the skills that you're going to probably show are repeats. So you probably don't need a, a whole over thing over and over again on the resume as well. I agree. So so we probably shouldn't have to bring this up, but I'm going to go ahead and bring it up anyways. We mentioned at the very top of the resume where you have your name and your email address. Well, some people don't realize that, you know, an email address needs to be professional. You might have to have one for your uh, friends and then one for looking for a job because that email can, if it's offensive, it can prevent you from being hired. Let's talk a little bit about that. Great point. Let's make sure that you create a professional email. I will not give specifics, but I could probably take up 10 minutes telling you about the emails that I have seen over time between case management and between, you know, facilitating workshops. And it's something that we kind of laugh at. But then after laughing, let's get serious about making sure that people take us serious. And sometimes, even though it's not a big deal at all, it's just how they get in contact with you, what it could look like to a potential employer is that you just are not taking the time and order, you know, that 15, 10, 15 minutes to create an additional email so that you come off professional. And this be first initial, last name, uh, first name, underscore, last name, anything simple like that tool. You don't want to use numbers um, in your email. Because if you're, you know, if I was Sheriff's Reeves, 111056, if one one off could keep me from actually getting an email um, with a job opportunity. So you want to keep it as simple and professional as possible. Have that other one for your personal life if needed. Um, but the key to that, too, is you got to check it. You know, sometimes we are now, you know, we have these smartphones and and probably your email is coming right to your phone, but you don't want to make sure you're only checking your, uh, you know, friend, fun, coupon email and not checking the one that really matters, right? If we're trying to make connections about, you know, getting a job, we want to make sure we're checking that. And often even throughout the day, because time is of the essence. If there's a, an opportunity, other people are looking at it. You don't want to be the last person to see it. You know, the saying is the early bird gets the worm. Be the early bird. Get up in the morning, check your email. A few times throughout the day, make sure that you're seeing um, what's what's popping up there. As far as the cover letter, let's, let's just go back to the cover letter for a moment. Somebody listening might say, ah, you know, I have the resume. Everything is on there. 
I really don't even know where to begin when it comes to a cover letter. Where do I start? Do I, you know, and should I have the name? I recommend if you can, if it's possible that you do address the hiring, the actual hiring manager. It's better to say, hi, Rachel, dear Rachel, than uh, dear, who, to whom it may concern or dear hiring manager. Um, what are some tips on how to structure that cover letter so that they are uh, standing out? For the most part, they know that that resume is something that was already created and that we may be sending that same thing out to 5, 10, 15 different employers, employee, employers, I'm sorry. Um, however, that cover letter is where we can show that we're taking the time to look up the information and make an individual connect. And so great point. You, If you have an opportunity to know exactly who you're sending this to, which probably at this point you do, um, because we're in this virtual world now where we probably are sending an email directly um, to a person, make sure that you are identifying that person specifically if you're looking for jobs in different areas, this is where you get to go in and maybe even adjust some of your experience. Your experience is the same. But one thing may matter more to a particular employer than it would to another. And so it's important when you go in there, you don't want to just have this cookie cutter cover letter and miss something. I would say each time you're going to send a cover letter out to an employer that you go through, read through, um, this is where you may throw something in there like maybe you were. Uh, employee of the month, three months last year or a month last year. And this will be something that you could just um, highlight in there because it really is your point to say, or your your time to say, this is how great I was. You want to brag. I mean, you know, it would be odd if you just walking down the street hollering out how great you are. But this is the one, one of those times where this is what you want to do. You want to say, I'm great. I've done these things at these previous places. I still have them with me, right? And I'm excited about the opportunity to bring these things to where you are and us kind of working together to create greatness. And so you definitely want to want to brag here. Talk about all the ways you're great. You mentioned virtual world. That's important. We are in still in the middle of a pandemic and we're slowly climbing ourselves out of it. But the fact of the matter is these interviews are happening virtually. And there's many different ways that employers are now creative where they are able to interview um, via you go to their website and they can interview you without a a human. There's just questions that pop up and you answer the questions while being recorded. There is Google Meet, there is Zoom, there is Skype. Um, So there are many different ways that employers are connecting with prospective employees. What do you say to someone who, for example, is using Zoom for the first time and has a virtual uh, meeting coming up, interview coming up? What is the best advice for this individual? Definitely test your technology uh, beforehand. And a lot of these things are really easy. A lot of times we're just clicking on a link and that link is taking us right to where we go. Um, But I just experienced this this week. I was doing a workshop uh, with a couple of of individuals. I asked them ahead of time, have you ever used Zoom? They both said no. They were supposed to test it out. And of course, the first 10 to 15 minutes of our uh, workshop experience was me on the phone with people trying to get them uh, logged into this Zoom. Now, it was a workshop. I'm fine with it. It's an informal space. We are supposed to, you know, be learning. If this was an interview, 
I don't know how accepting that potential uh, employer would be of this person sort of not being ready. And so the key here is going to be test your technology beforehand. Figure out if you need an app in order to use something or if it's just as simple as going to a website. Find a friend, you know, somebody in the house. When when this first happened, I wasn't really um, up on my Zoom, you know, using Zoom. Told my mom and my sister we're having a Zoom tomorrow at 12 o'clock. Be ready to, you know, log on because I have to make sure that I know how this thing works and that it's good from the other end. So it's nothing wrong with the same friend you talk to every day. Tell them, friend, I need you to help me out so that I can make sure I'm ready to do this interview come Thursday or Friday. Jump on there, test out the technology. Um, a couple other things about this, this virtual interview is still dress for success. Obviously, they're only seeing so much of our dress. Right. But we don't want to get so lax because we are in our home that we decide to just go with what we had on earlier in that day. Still take the time to put on whatever you will put on to go to that interview. Another piece to that is it gets our mental right. You just feel different. You know, when you get dressed for an interview, when you put on the right type of clothes. And so your dress is going to line you up with also getting yourself prepared uh, to do this thing professionally. Set your scene up. Think about what's in your background. Um, I don't care if you have to get in the bathroom in the corner and put, you know, get a solid color sheet or whatever, because all they're seeing is this piece. But you have to make sure that you're still prepared uh, to let them whatever they see in the background to look professional. And, you know, talk to whoever else is in the house. I'm about to be in an interview situation. It could be this long. You don't want pets running in. We don't want to hear, you know, your dogs barking in the background. If you have children, arrange for somebody to kind of be there to entertain them or make sure that you're in a situation where you have a solid chunk of time where you can get be uninterrupted so that you can be successful with this interaction. That's great. I love, I love that. That was great advice. Now, what about mock interviews? Do you recommend, because even for me to this day, and I've been in the communications marketing field for a very long time, and I still practice in the mirror before I do any type of speech presentation or whatever. And some people say, oh, that's silly, but it actually works. (laughs) Yes. It puts you at ease. It puts you at ease because, you know, we've heard this a million times. Practice makes perfect. That's a real thing. Um, I, you know, during the week in the workshop, I think um, on Thursdays, we do a workability workshop and we actually go over some common interview questions and wh- what the correct way is to answer them. I always suggest for people, when you leave here, take this piece of paper a few days from now after you've gone over these questions a few times. Find somebody that's close to you, make them ask you the questions, answer them. So what, neither one of you are experts on this thing. We, you have a piece of paper, you know what the answer should be like. Maybe we laugh the first few questions, but after that, let's get serious because I'm really looking for a job and, you know, employ the people that are close to you to kind of assist you and help you out. And, you know, like you said, get in that mirror. It's going to feel weird for a minute because you are talking to yourself. But one thing that comes from that is a confidence that says, I did good when I answered that question or I fumbled when I answered that question. So that's something that I probably need to give uh, a little bit more attention and time to. But it definitely creates a confidence because at the end of the day, interviews make us nervous. I mean, there's a very small percentage of us that just are such great communicators that we feel great walking into that space and we don't have even a tinge of nervousness. The average person 
I'm about to get picked apart. I'm going to get asked a bunch of questions. It may be a panel of people. It may be 10 other, you know, people trying to vie for this same position. That nervousness is going to sneak up on you. And the best way to get it off of you is to be prepared. Speaking of preparedness and panel of people, sometimes, yeah, you walk into an interview and you had no idea that they were going to have three other people there or uh, they were going to, you have the one person that's going to interview the HR and see HR interviewed you. And then now the manager that you're going to be reporting to uh, interview you. And now the director wants to now interview that's that, that, that manager reports to. And so all of a sudden you did so well with the HR uh, representative and then you did well with your the, your would-be manager. Now the director wants to, to talk to you, interview you on the exact same day. And he only brought one resume with you. Yes. Let's talk a little bit so, about that. I would say you can't have too many, but have at least 10 of your resumes on you in your portfolio when you go into that space. The last thing you want is for them to ask you for something and then all of a sudden that nervousness swells back up, swells back up in you because I didn't have this thing that I needed. And I'm wondering, now do they look at me a certain way? Are they not even entertaining me at this point? And so the simple things we can do is to control the things we can. Something else I thought about when you were saying that, eat before you go. Like, make sure you sleep good the night before. And because you don't know if you're going to walk into a situation where, like you said, you're talking to person after person, make sure you put something on your stomach. You want to be as relaxed and rested as possible because the last thing you want to do is get hangry or frustrated in the middle of this process and not do well based on something that it was easy to control, right? Be comfortable. Uh, try try on your interview outfit. I know I know. Uh, people talk about these COVID pounds or these uh, pandemic pounds that they put on. When's the last time you were actually in that interview outfit from head to toe? Um, nothing wrong with putting it on and walking around and seeing how you feel. And if there's discomfort there, figuring out what else you need, you know, in order to make sure that you're comfortable in that space on that at that particular time. I agree. If you look your best, you feel your best. And if you, you're walking around in a suit that's too tight and who knows, you might sit down and oops, an accident could happen. That could very well happen. Yeah. You just find yourself constantly moving and picking and pulling because, you know, it's it's a, it's not a good feeling. And, and whatever it is in your mind is magnifying. Now, that's the one thing everybody's looking at, right, is, is the waistline on this jacket. Even though that's probably not true, it messes with your state of mind and it makes you uncomfortable. And that's usually a downhill situation. I agree. Let's talk about pre-interview, because a lot of people don't realize that they are being interviewed before the interview from the parking. If, if you have a parking ramp and a security guard out there to walking inside the building and there could be a janitor there uh, saying hello to you and you decide not to say hello back. And, you know, now you got to walk up to the front desk and the front desk person is giving you a hard time. So let's talk a little bit about the interview before the interview. A good friend of mine used to always say, we're always on an interview. And I mean, that goes for the t from the time you walk into that building, but that also goes to when you're walking around Walmart. I mean, some of the connections I've made with people that had opportunities to give me or that were in positions to give me opportunities, I met them in completely different places in more relaxed settings. And they were able to kind of get an eye into 
who you really are. How do you really talk? How do you really treat people? And this is always kind of a test that we're we're having. So a great point. Like you said, are you how are you acting with everybody in the building? You don't want to go in and, you know, be overly nice to this one person that, you know, is interviewing you. And be kind of ugly to anybody else. Hopefully that's not our disposition anyway. Uh, but please understand that people and teams are having conversations. They're talking. And if you go in and, and you're kind of short tempered with the person at that front desk, um, you know, don't make any position minute. Everybody in uh, any kind of business or agency is needed to make that thing um, go around. And how you talk to that person at the front desk uh, surely will get around to whoever is has the ability to make that decision. And a good way to do that is some of the stuff we talked about. Get your rest. Uh, make sure you eat. I am not what people would consider a morning person. I learned this when I was a young person. And so I need a little bit more time in the morning than the average person does before I'm ready, you know, to get in a space and play nice. I know I need coffee. I know I need time to myself. And so these are just things that, you know, these are personal decisions you have to make whatever you need so that when you get to that place, you are relaxed, you're able to be, you know, congenial and nice to everybody you come in contact with because you just never know. Sometimes I've heard of stories where, you know, the decision maker was actually sitting at that front desk just to see how do people approach the situation when they come. And then let's not forget also five to 15 minutes is our professional um, show up time before. You don't want to show up at the minute. Of course, I would show up 15 minutes prior, sit there, take in that place. What do you see? How do people who who are working there look? Are they nice to each other? Are they talking to each other? What's the vibe? Because, of course, they're interviewing you, but you're also interviewing that space, thinking about the fact that you might be spending 30, 40, 50 hours a week here. What does it feel like when I'm here? Right. I agree with that. And going back, so we're still on interviews. So going back to um, one thing that I wanted to point out, you mentioned Google. You mentioned um, the importance of being a preparedness. And we talked about mock interviews. Somebody may say, yeah, that's great, but I don't know what questions they're going to ask me. How do I get find out about the questions? Where, where am I going to get the questions from? So they could, A, right, contact us. Absolutely. Michigan Works, 1-800-285-9675, 1-800-285-9675. We do have uh, interviewing classes, not interviewing classes, right, Sharers? But what are yes. what are some other suggestions? Uh, you, so you mentioned Google. That's always kind of my go-to is if you just are in a place where you're like, I don't even know where to begin because, I, you know, we've kind of had the excuse taken away from us of just having complete lack of knowledge at this point. You know, if you have a question or I don't know what business casual dress is, we can go right to Google. They'll give us some examples. But beyond that, of course, Michigan Works has people who are willing to um, go over a lot of things with you. My Thursday workshop. We're covering some common interview questions. Um, we're going over how you would answer them. Um, I guess I would say beyond that, who do you know in your life? You know, I know I, I have a couple cousins that are in positions right now that work in places where they're doing interviews. If I was in a position where I found myself back having to sit across from somebody and answer some questions, I'm definitely looking around at who I know and saying, what are you looking for? Like when you're in this situation and you're uh, trying to figure out who you want to make a decision to actually have work for your agency, what kind of things do you look for and using those to add to? And I would go as far as, you know, closed mouths don't get fed as asking, do you mind giving me a, a, a mock interview one day, even if it's just a 15, 20 minute commitment? 
Um, also, if you're in a program, talk to that career coach. Of course, they're going to have you come to a workshop like this. But if you still don't feel comfortable, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, can can we each look up five questions this week and maybe set a time where we ask those questions, a few I've practiced and a few on the fly to see how I do. Because even if we cover 20, who's to say they won't ask you that 21st question that, of course, you didn't go over, right? Uh, but you're definitely going to be in a more comfortable state if you know, okay, I got a pocket full of of answers that I know I can answer well, that puts me in a better position for that one that they may ask that I just, you know, I don't know. They may ask you, what kind of fruit? And, you know, if you were a fruit, what kind of fruit would you be? Well, of course, I know I'm a pineapple. I don't know why I know. I'm just, <laughs> and, and I don't know that they would be looking for a pineapple or an orange. They may just be looking to see if I'm the type of person who would entertain, you know, that kind of question. But when you're relaxed, you're more open to say, well, I don't know. Let me think for a second. What kind of fruit am I? You know what kind of fruit you are? I never thought about that. <laughs> what kind of, I really, you know, that's a good question. I don't know why apple came to mind. The first thing okay. I, I want to eat an apple. It's <laughs> lunchtime, but <laughs> I don't even know why I'm a pineapple. I just always thought of myself as one. So that's, that's a good question. I got to think about that some more. Okay. So as far, so networking, I, I don't I don't want to forget about networking because I, we should definitely bring up networking when it comes to getting back out in the job market, looking for a job. What what are some tips and what do you recommend in terms of network? We do have LinkedIn. Absolutely. And it's great now because of the, the whole virtual thing. But let's talk a little bit about networking and the importance of networking when it comes to um, using that sort of network that you're building to build connections that could lend you your next career, your next job. Absolutely. And so I think, you know, to, to lead into that, you have to be willing to ask questions and open up. What I found is that there are far more people that are willing to help you than people who are not. But we don't find out a lot of times because we're nervous about, you know, asking questions that can help us. Um, we are quick to talk about where's the last place we had good food? Uh, where did we find the jacket that we have on? I mean, we will share all these things who sort of promote, right, the company. But then we don't want to promote the most important thing that we have, which is what? Ourself, right? And so if you happen to even meet a stranger and we're talking about a restaurant that we like, it's nothing wrong with at the end of that conversation saying, by the way, you know, I, I do this and I'm looking for some employment. Do you happen to know anybody who can help me? You would be shocked at how many times somebody may say, well, I don't, but my brother owns a such and such and my sister works at and I can reach out for you, but that's not going to happen um, unless you Take that time yourself to actually promote yourself and ask the question. Besides, what's the worst you can get? A no? Right. I'll take a couple of no's for a yes. You know, so so make sure even they talk about an elevator pitch and that's just saying those few minutes that you may be in contact with a person that you don't necessarily know, utilize that time. You know, you don't have to be weird and, and overly aggressive with it. But if a conversation starts, by all means, um, put yourself, you know, at the forefront of that. And then when you think about networking, don't just think about that group of people that you talk to on a daily basis. But who do you know that maybe you haven't talked to in a little while? Maybe Maybe it's a, somebody you used to work with, uh, a prior coworker, or somebody you used to work for, or somebody that you went to school with. There are enough of an acquaintance that it wouldn't be odd for you to reach out. 
when you are trying to make something happen, by all means, don't have anybody be off limits. Reach out to the people that you know. Let them know what you're looking for. And uh, then let the, let it naturally work itself. You would be surprised at how many people are willing to assist. I agree with that. Most people are willing to help. Most people, for sure. That's been I, my experience. Oh, yeah. As far as workplace excellence, I want to go back to workplace excellence as a recap and just list off the classes for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and let them know the the, the time again and let them know how you, they can reach you. We're doing classes Monday through Thursday. Um, there's two classes on each day. That first one is from 10 to 11. That next one is from 11 to 12. On Monday, we're covering dependability and communication ability. On Tuesday, we're covering presentability and adaptability. On Wednesday, reasonability, which I love. This is like when something does not work out how we want it to, what do we think? And how does what we think affect what happens next? This is the one I love the most, the hardest one to facilitate uh, because sometimes we have some pessimists in the room and pessimists say, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And I'm challenging people in this space to say, well, wait a minute, if we think about it different, can we get a different outcome? It's been my experience. So I, I'm trying to sell that. Um, and also respectability. And then on Thursday, we do workability and we have to end, of course, with transition ability because that's the idea is that at some point we're all going to hear the words, you're hired. How do we transition once we hear that? What's the next step? How do we transition? Um, when it comes to transitioning, especially uh, if maybe you're a parent and you have children in the household and how you transition affects everybody that's there. And so we're talking about things like, am I planning my meals ahead of time? Do I have the groceries I need to make what I want to make? Uh, do I have the clothes I need? Did I wash them? Do I need extra socks? Maybe maybe you need to purchase an extra pair, pack of socks or underwear, whatever it is you need so that when this week gets started, it has the ability to flow. We may have to schedule some things. Maybe you didn't schedule sleep before. Maybe you stayed up late and, you know, got up when you felt like it. And now you might have to have a bedtime, you know, so that you can transit. Because in that transition, we're trying to be a sponge. We want to soak up everything we need to know about this new place of employment, how I do my job well, even meeting people. I want to remember who they are and how they connect to my job. And we just don't tend to do those things well if we're not rested, if we didn't plan well, if we're hungry, if we're uncomfortable. And so a lot of transition ability is just talking about the planning piece that goes along with us being successful. Does it mean we won't be tired? No, we'll probably still be tired, but we'll plan. We won't be as tired as we would be if we, if we didn't plan well. And hopefully we'll just uh, allow ourselves to go smoothly through that transition. And then after a while, it'll be a piece of cake because we'll have it down. But we, that transition piece is, an, is a really important piece of us being successful. So those are things that people don't even think about. That's a big deal. Yeah, because if you are used to going to sleep at three o'clock in the morning and now you got to be somewhere by 730 in the morning, that's that's a tough transition. So no joke. Great points. I love that. So what do you want to leave the people with? What do you want them to know? For those that are listening, what do you want them to know? What do you want to leave them with? I think if anything, I would want to just start with the fact that I took advantage of a Michigan Works program um, and it worked well for me. We all need help and assistance sometimes. And so this is nothing that's looked at in any kind of way other than let's get in here and get what we need so we can all be great. Uh, you know, if you've been out of work for a minute, you may not have the confidence that you had, you know, a year ago when you were going to work every single day. And so it's nothing wrong with getting in the room of another eight or 10 people who are in the same position 
being open enough to have conversation. Um, also, hopefully transparent enough, because I do that to talk about things that didn't work out so well. You know, I lost a job when I was younger, but it taught me a lot because in that loss, I thought, well, I'll never do that again. And so we're not just utilizing ourselves, but utilizing the people around us to say, OK, you know, note to self. That's something I don't want to do or note to self. This is something I may want to add um, kind of to who I am or how I operate. And hopefully if you get eight to 10 people in a room and we can all learn from each other, we can avoid some mistakes. We can take a faster route to success. It's just an exciting opportunity. I've had workshops before where I had, uh, like I said, I had Job Corps students in there. I had people from AARP. It was just the most awesome share, right? Because I'm looking at somebody 17 who's saying, I haven't even had my first job. And somebody who's in their 60s saying, oh, I can tell you, right, about working and some things you might experience, but just the, the ability to be able to see how if you can just learn some things from some people who've already been through some, you know, processes or experiences, let's take the shortcut to being great. I mean, we want to get there, but let's not, let's take the shortest route possible if we can. And this is just one of those, those rooms that I think is great to be in. If you know it, refresh it, right? And if you don't know it, this is a great opportunity for you to soak in some things that you may not have discussed before, but also to figure out, because the key, what I really want people to get out of the week, if you walk in somewhere tomorrow and somebody asks you, why should I hire you? I don't want you to stutter. I want you to look them right in the eye and say, you should hire me because, and we'll go through what of these is really you. For me, I'm dependable. I've been working since I was 15. I don't not show up to work. I got to be pretty sick to call in. And if I need time off, I'm giving my, my employer ample time to cover me. I feel confident in saying I'm dependable. I feel confident in saying my attitude is always going to be on point. That's really who I am. But we don't even who we are. We can stutter if we if we didn't practice, if we didn't think about it, if we didn't you know identify before we're in that situation, um, what it is we want to talk about. So the key, I think, is just using this weekend for nothing else to, to really hone in on why I'm great and be comfortable having that discussion with another person. Wow. Um, that is how we want to end this show. That was some great advice. Sharis Reeves, if you want to get in contact with Sharis, please give them their, your phone number one more time. And you're going to get all of this. You can, you can have her for a full week. That is dynamic. That is dynamic. One more time. How can they, uh, what's, what's your phone number, Sharis? I'm going to give you a phone number and address. So the phone number is 810-232-4193. And my extension is 116. And if you want to send me an email, you can email me at sreeves at gstmiworks.org. That is S-R-E-E-V-E-S at gstmiworks.org. Thank you so much, Sharers. It was wonderful having you. This was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful yes. interview. Yes, happy Ton of information, ton of information that all of our listeners can use. We're going to have you back for sure. This was fun. Thank you. I look forward to seeing people too. Give her a call. Have a good one. Talk to you soon.